Friends, my name is Ryan Nixon, and I have new life in Christ, and I am recovering from pride, lust, and worshiping what other people think of me. Hey, friends. Well, guys, we're in a new series called New Year, New Me, and, and Bryce kicked us off last week and did an excellent job just talking about um, how many times this is just a futile effort in us trying to find freedom um, for whatever it is we're walking through and kind of experience a new me. Um, apart from first surrendering to Christ and surrendering to his ways. And so I just want you to know that if you have not surrendered to Christ and to the good news of the gospel, that he lived, died, and rose again from the grave to offer you life, like there there is no other step forward um, except for that. Like that always has to be our first step and would highly encourage you if you didn't listen to it to go back and just hear what Bryce encouraged us with. But as we think about surrendering ourselves. Uh, to his ways, there's, there's a number of different things that God calls us to if we are to experience this new life in Christ that he wants for us. And the one we're going to talk about tonight, I believe, um, at least experientially for me, and also as I've walked alongside other people, um, is the most important um, things that we need to uh, submit ourselves to, which is walking in community. As I think about my own story, this is the thing that was missing in my life that caused years of heartache and pain um, and experiencing failure uh, to sin and temptation over and over again. And so I'm new around here, and so here's a little bit of my story. I trusted Christ when I was 11 years old, um, and shortly after that was introduced to pornography. And that started um, years and years, um, over a decade of an addiction uh, to lust, pornography, and masturbation. And um, even though I was a believer in Jesus Christ, and, and yes, I had his spirit within me, and I had his word that I was reading and trying to apply, um, and I even had Christian friends. I had people around me and Christian friends around me, but like I did not surrender my life um, to truly walking in deep relationships with other believers and walking in this idea of community. And so that's what we want to talk about tonight. And, and like, first, we, we share, we say this word community. It's in our church's name. We're Watermark Community Church. And so I just want to define kind of in a simple way, like, what community is. Community is a small group of believers who love you enough to accept you right where you are, but also love you enough to not allow you to stay there. Like, they accept you no matter what happened last night, what happened a year ago, um, because you are a child of God but they also challenge you and encourage you and walk alongside you to help you experience the life that Christ wants for you. And there's so many passages that we could look at that discuss uh, just this idea of community and what it looks like to walk in community. And, and we're gonna jump into 1 Thessalonians 5, um, 5.14, which is one of my favorite passages that just talks about what it looks like for us to receive and experience community ourselves and also be that type of life-giving, gospel-centered community to others. And this is what it says. We urge you, brethren, admonish the unruly, encourage the faint-hearted, help the weak, and be patient with everyone. Like this passage right here shares how we are to be cared by other people no matter what season we're walking through in our own struggles with temptation and sin. And it also shares with us how we need to come alongside our fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, no matter what they're walking through. Um, So we're just going to look at this 
and just see what are we, how are we to care for one another no matter what's happening in each other's lives. And first is that how do we care for each other when one of us is being unruly? It starts off and says, hey, to the unruly, I want you to admonish them. And so like we need people in our lives who are gonna love us enough that when we are unruly, they're going to admonish us. And first, let's just talk about like what does it look like for us to be unruly? Because I, I don't use that word a lot. And so as you look at other translations, here's some other words that it says. It says, um, instead of unruly, it says rebellious um, or even idle. And so this is when we are either actively saying kind of to ourselves and to those around me, like, hey, I know that walking down this road is wrong, but I don't care. I'm going to do it anyways. And then there's sometimes in our lives where this is even done passively, to where we're idle, to where it's like, hey, I know I shouldn't walk down this road. I know there's something differently that I should do, but I just, you know, I'm tired of fighting. I don't know what else to do, and I'm just kind of done. And there's just kind of a passive idea as we think about our lives with Christ. And so Paul says, hey, to those individuals, like we need to admonish them. But also that word admonish sometimes can have just like a harsh tone to it where it's like, hey, like I, I don't want to experience that from somebody else. And here's what I want you to know. It doesn't mean like these sharp rebukes or corrections or um, even kind of punitive words in our lives um, because that's never God's call on how we're to shepherd one another. But when God calls us to admonish one another, it's, it's this idea of speaking the truth in love that we would come alongside somebody and say, hey, the path that you're walking down like is leading towards destruction. And I don't wanna warn you, I wanna point you in a different direction. And so like we need friends in our lives who are going to help us that if we are in kind of just repeated sin week after week, year after year, that are gonna warn us and say, hey, that direction leads to death. And I love you enough to kind of say, hey, you have to begin walking um, a different way. Here's what this looked like for me. Like I mentioned, like I spent years um, giving in to this temptation of, of lust and masturbation, and, and it was an addiction. Um, and that was a huge problem for me. Um, and, and during that time, like I was um, a leader within the church. Um, I even was uh, connected to a healthy body of believers. I was here at Watermark, and I was working in full-time ministry. And so as I look back on, on just that season, um, my biggest struggle wasn't uh, with that addiction of, of, of lust and masturbation. Um, it was me trying to manage my reputation and manage what other people thought of me. And so in my mind during that time, um, I was having this continual pattern of confessing to sin and sharing with other people what was going on, uh, but doing that in generalities and just saying, yes, I've been struggling lightly, pray for me. You know, when people would ask me questions about how I'm doing with purity, how I'm doing with my, in my fight and struggle with sin and temptation, I would just share these general um, aspects of confession that made me feel like I was sharing enough to get by and kind of appease the group, but wasn't being fully honest. And so I was being rebellious. I was being idle because I knew what I needed to do. I saw other people do it but I wasn't willing to do it myself. And so when I finally came clean and confessed to my community, to my trusted group of friends, like they met me with grace, but they also admonished me and talked about how that continual pattern of lying, it wasn't just sharing half-truths, it was lying to other people. Like guys, like, 
you share half truth about how many chicken nuggets you had at like Chick-fil-A this past weekend, but when it's dealing with sin, like that is just flat out manipulation and lying. And that's what was going on in my life. And I needed friends to love me enough to admonish me. So what does this look like for you? Where are there areas maybe in your life to where you are continually repeating things over and over again that you know you shouldn't, uh, but either you passively are just saying, hey, it's not that big of a deal, um, or you're actively just saying, yes, I'm running in this direction. And one of the things I wanna encourage you tonight is that you would trust the people who are in your life enough to at least confess to them what's going on so they can begin to gently and graciously admonish you and speak truth into your life. But sometimes for us, We're walking through a season of failure with sin and temptation, and it's not that we're being rebellious and that we need to be admonished, but but we are just faint-hearted and discouraged. And this is what Paul says, to the faint-hearted, encourage them. Like, we need people who are gonna love us enough to encourage us when we are faint-hearted. And what it means to be faint-hearted is that you're, you're either hopeless, you're timid. Like, this is a time when you find yourself so discouraged in your battle with sin and not knowing what to do Like you're wanting to walk with Jesus. You're wanting to live in the light. You're trying everything you know how to do and you keep on failing. And this is where we need the body of Christ to surround us and speak truth to us and encourage us. And I believe that out of these three things, like this is the thing that we need the most. Like we need this um, over admonishment. We need this over help. Like we need to be encouraged daily. And I love what it talks about in Hebrews 3 where the author there is saying, hey, brothers and and sisters, like, take care of one another. Take care of those people who are in your region group, who are in your community, who are in your small group. Lest any of them have an evil and unbelieving heart, leading them to fall away from the living God. But exhort one another, encourage one another, as long as the day is called today, that none of you may be hardened by the deceitfulness of sin. I think for sometimes for us, as we're trying to fight this battle against sin and temptation, um, it's not that we're being unruly, but that we're just discouraged by this, what seems to be a losing battle. And so like we need to speak the truth of God to one another. We need to be cheerleaders for one another over and over again. Like for me, like it was just, I just remember just kind of in this addiction year after year, kind of giving into this temptation, swearing that I'd never do it again, crying out to God, asking for help. Um, and just kind of discouraged that I continued to find myself. And even after I came through recovery and came through regen, you know, and years later gave in to this temptation again, I was just like, are you kidding me? Like, why am I still fighting this temptation? And in that moment, what I needed is I needed men and women in my corner who were cheerleaders for me and who were encouraging me and that were just speaking life into me and saying, hey, don't give up, this fight is worth it. Like, remember, your past doesn't define you. Your sin doesn't define you. What defines you is being a child of God. I needed people in my life saying, hey, you are loved by God. Remember that all of God's wrath, all of his punishment was paid upon Christ. And so the only thing God has for you is love and deepest affections. I needed people to look and remind me when there was shame and guilt that I made that poor choice again, or that I couldn't find freedom from this that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I needed people to look at me and say, hey, I see you and I love you. And you have value and worth because you are an image bearer of Christ. I needed the body of Christ to come alongside of me and encourage me. And I want you to know, like all of us, like we need that too. 
Like whether someone's on staff with a church or they're not, they're a leader, you know, this is their first time here. Like all of us need the encouragement and reminders of truth. And so I just would encourage you guys that, you know, this might be a night that you just raise your hand like, hey, I need to be reminded of truth tonight because I'm discouraged. And then you're gonna be sitting in a circle as well where someone finds themselves in that spot and like you are that man or woman that needs to speak truth and life into them. And so I just wanna remind each of us, like we need the body of Christ to surround us to encourage one another. And the last one, it says, we're called to help those who are weak. So to those who are weak, our call as being gospel-centered communities that we help one another. And so sometimes, like, we might find ourselves, like, so spiritually weak or physically weak to where we can't do what we need to do to experience healing. Or maybe sometimes we're just unable or unwilling to do that, and we need tangible, practical help by other believers. And so, like, for me, when I confessed uh, to my community group, my, the guys... Um, kind of spent some time with me and began talking through like, hey, where are you finding yourself making poor decisions with pornography? And just began to walk through like all the ways that I was accessing it. Um, And one of the things that was such a commonality is that the place that I was finding, um, I guess the least amount of freedom with this temptation was from this little thing right here. Like I had access to an unlimited amount you know, of pornography and anything I wanted to look at with my eyes um, just sitting in my pocket every single day, no matter where I went. And the problem was is that every time I was alone or almost every time I was alone, that there was just a moment to where there'd be a whisper in my mind to where that temptation would come up and say, hey, no one's gonna know. Why don't you just go look? And so for me, like, I, I was like an alcoholic that was carrying around a bottle of scotch in my pocket to where it was always calling to me, saying, hey, come this way. This is where life can be found. And so for some of us, like, we need help from the body of Christ to say, hey, you need to get rid of some of the things in your life that are leading to death. And so that's what my, my community group did for me. They said, hey, like, it's, it's time to cut off access at your home, you know, at your workplace, and you need to get rid of your smartphone. Um, and I yielded to them. And, and so what I did is, I don't even know what they're called, but I called a dumb phone. And I went and got one. And I just remember um, leaving the store, and it took me about 15 minutes to text my community group, because you have to hit the buttons <laughs> over and over again. And I said, hey, I got my new phone. And there was so much freedom when I experienced this help, because no longer was I having to spend so much of my mental energy day in and day out wondering if I was gonna go um, give in to that temptation when no one was looking. And I could put my energy and my thoughts into pursuing Jesus and walking with him. And so I asked you, like, where do you need help from the body of Christ to maybe help you take steps that you're unable in yourself or unwilling to take? And I just want you to know, like, allow the body of Christ to come alongside you and help you where you are weak. And I love this last part. It says, be patient with everyone. And so really, no matter what someone else's 
season that they're walking through, whether they're rebellious or they're faint-hearted or they're weak, like we are called to be patient with everyone. And this can be hard sometimes, especially if you're kind of in the circle, if you're in the role of trying to care for somebody else. I don't know about you guys, but sometimes like I get frustrated when I'm trying to help someone else and it seems like they're not wanting to help themselves. And here's what happens is that I'm coming alongside them um, and I'm trying to admonish you know, out of grace and kindness, I'm trying to encourage them, I'm reaching out to them, I'm spending time with them, I'm helping them in every way I can, and they continue um, to make poor choices. And I begin to get frustrated. And really, if I think about it, what I begin to get frustrated at is that they're not responding to my gentle encouragement and admonishment, to my care, to my time, to my counsel, to my help, and I make their sanctification and their journey with Christ and their transformation about me. And that's when I begin to get frustrated. And so I want all of us to know that as we are being gospel community for one another, our job is to be faithful, to point people to Christ, and it's God's job to change them. And so just know that whenever you're walking alongside somebody, sometimes it's kind of, what does it look like to be patient? And I don't know how to like, practically say, here's what it looks like, but I know that if you're getting frustrated at them um, because they're not, you know, doing what maybe they need to do, I know that's not of God. Because hear how God responds to us. Like when we were in our sin, God says that he was patient with you so that all might come to repentance, so you might come to repentance. And so we need to be patient with one another. And so region family, like, Like, we beg you, whether you've been in your addiction for years or over a decade, or maybe it's just been for weeks, in your fight with temptation and sin, like, don't go at it alone. You weren't meant to do this alone. Like, you were meant to live life with other believers. And so here's the beautiful thing, is that as you come through region, like, you are going to experience, through groundwork and through your step group, an aspect of community to where you have other believers who are gonna admonish, encourage, and help. But when you leave region, like you have to connect deeply to the local church and you have to connect deeply with a small group of believers who are gonna love you enough to accept you right where you are, no matter what's happened years ago or last night, but also love you enough to not allow you to stay there. And so that's our call to you, is that if you're gonna experience this new me, this new life in Christ, You have to do it by walking with other believers. So guys, tonight I am so excited uh, that we're privileged to hear uh, from Audrey as she shares her story of grace. And here's the beautiful thing. All of us in our story of grace, like the body of Christ is a part of it, um, but this played a key role in her experiencing her new life in Christ. So please welcome to the stage, Audrey. Come on up here. (laughs) 